I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Monday, June 8, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, it seems pretty obvious when you focus in on that red horizontal trend line at 324. Now, what we've discussed before, and by the way, another pretty solid update. What are they doing? They're headed for a destination. We've been here before. If you've been around this channel for any length of time, then we've experienced this thing before. Whether it's on the downside or the upside, they're going to seem like against all odds, which is really akin to the wall of worry but against all odds the market continues to chug forward the analysts across the board and the media decide to make every excuse in the book why it's going higher then they make other price targets that are even a lot higher than we are now and when that starts to ensue we're generally closer to a turning point than we're not so let's see what we have what's the first thing the obvious thing that jumps off the page we're approaching 324 here's what we said over the weekend video around 324 and by the way this was said last week as well around 324 325 which represents the high of that breakdown candle and it's the breakdown candle here that's from the 25th of february that high under normal garden variety market conditions should be overhead resistance now let's talk a little bit about the finer things we'll get a little granular intraday stuff can the market get above 325 intraday and by the way the high of the candle is actually 324.61 so if we want to be specific can the market get above that high intraday of course it can it can go and test the pivot high from the prior day which is right underneath 326 so here's what we're saying there's really a couple of things Using the 80-20 rule under normal garden variety market conditions, is the market just going to blow right through this spot and close tomorrow, the next day, the day after that, above that high and keep going to fill the gap? Or under normal garden variety market conditions, would they find overhead resistance around that high, around this area that gets into no man's land between, let's just call it, the pivot high from the 24th which is 325.85 hence just below 326 and the gap that's no man's land so maybe they get up there a little bit but under normal conditions are they just going to blow right through and close above there without having some kind of a reaction some kind of a pullback from the run that we've had a pretty remarkable run that we've had what would be the higher probability thing the higher probability thing would be to find resistance, let's say somewhere, and what we said before was between 324, 325. We'll stretch it a little bit and say 324 to 326. Market closed today, 323.15. We're pretty close. Do we have the pundits bullish? Do we have the analysts bullish? Are they bolting on higher price targets? Across the board, you have to say, yeah, for the most part, definitely are we looking for a collapse in the market no we're looking for 
overhead resistance. We're looking for a pullback. If a pullback develops into something more, so be it. But let's understand what we're talking about here. The market's been up in a straight line for the last week or so. Look where the convergence of the 20 and the 200 period moving average is. It's right around 300. There's also a pretty big gap around 310. Think about this for a moment. Even if they hit that area, the area up around three and a quarter, give or take, and then they began to pull back. If they began to pull back, even in the vicinity of the gap around 310, the media's hair would be on fire. To put it into perspective, it would be about 150 S&P pullback. That's 150 S&P handles. And all they would be doing is coming back to fill the gap left open from a couple of days ago. Now, why do I bring up the 20-period moving average while the market's still going higher? Because the market is, by all definitions, since there's no measurement, I'll just say it, it's overextended. The issue is, it can stay overextended for an indefinite period of time. But what we do know, and if you've been around here for any length of time, here we go again. What we do know is that the market really doesn't like to get too far away for too long from home base. What's home base? The 20-period moving average. What's the 20-period moving average? Right around 300. It's the red sloping trend line. Now, here's one more while we're on the daily chart. Maybe we'll make it two more. What derails the current rally? Not necessarily the entire rally, just the current last couple of day push. You know, the one since the phony jobs number. Well, it would begin with hourly closes below Friday's low, 217, pardon me, 317.16. You close daily below 317.16 and they'll want to come fill the gap. Will they do it? Won't they do it? We'll talk about that at the time. We'll also get into that inside the numbers. You knew that was coming. What a segue to review inside the numbers. What we're going to do is review the commentary, which is really not that extensive since the market was essentially a grind higher all day. The question is, what were we saying in the morning? Were we looking for higher prices or were we looking for a market to go lower? That's what's important. What's important is... If you're not already a member of Inside the Numbers, can you use this information as a guideline intraday, as a tour guide? That's what this is. It's an intraday S&P tour guide. If that's of no interest to you, then may I present Stocks on the Move. In the spirit of fairness, we like to have something for everybody. We'll come back to Stocks on the Move in a moment. The pre-market notes specify that we're headed for a destination. It's a refresher. It's Monday morning. We want to set the stage. So let's continue up and see what was going on as they got out of the gate. The early thoughts before the opening bell still, you want to have an awareness. What's the awareness? They're headed for the destination. They're likely not going to make it easy. They didn't really whip anybody out today, but they could. So we want to have the awareness of what's really going on. And then just to reiterate, They've gone farther than anybody could have imagined, so it is in the redonkulous phase, but here we are. Let's continue moving along. Now, even at 9.20, still before the opening bell, we want to identify where's the spot. Let's say they run the shakeout operation. Where's the spot where the Johnny-come-latelys would throw in the towel, handing things over to the buy-the-dip crowd? What does that mean? 
it means at the opening bell, you're going to have a contingent of traders that think the market's going to take off without them. So they get FOMO and they run and chase the market. So they buy anything and everything, and then as the market continues or starts the shakeout operation, sending price down, they get shaken out near the lows. What creates the lows? The buy the dip crowd. There were two primary areas that we needed to consider this morning around ES3200. It's a psychological level. We all know that. The big fat round numbers have a psychology to them. The market dips down a little bit, but snaps right back, comes up short, trades away. It plays games with the psychological fat round numbers. You know the routine. Here's a copy of the ES S&P E-mini futures contract. Everything to the right of the vertical line is today's activity. 3200 is the magenta line. They dip down slightly below, making a low of 3193.5, but they never even got to the gap. They never got to the secondary price that you saw inside the numbers, and they just turned around and took off to the upside. The secondary area was 3189 to 3185. If they're going to just jam them higher after the open, they could get as high as 32 and a quarter. Remember that number might come into play later in the day. What I'll do from here is scroll up a little bit, let you start and stop the video as you please. You can read the notes if you want to. What I urge you to do is read the commentary and then verify things for yourself. Go back to the chart and see what happened. Let's continue moving along so we can get through this and then we'll circle back to stocks on the move. There's the giveaway, 1033. ZM is now in the official nice trade camp. We'll come back to stocks on the move. We had an area identified earlier today, which was 32040. You see it in the 1040 post reading the tape. 32040, in short, was the gateway to higher prices. By the way, back to the ES contract, there's your 3225 hit late in the day. There's your 32040 in the SPY, so you'll see what happened. Once they got back above that price, they ran sideways for a while, and they came back down, but never even checked that number. They couldn't even get below the semi-halfway number of 320.50, and then they just took off to the upside. So as long as they stayed above 320.40, they were bullish. Also, notice this in the 1050 post, while Friday's highs may have been resistance early in the morning, and they were, if you go back and read the stuff, after they pulled back, they're no longer the same type of resistance. And guess what? That proved to be true. Let's continue moving along. Now you see at 1058, the same price. This is the 32040. Now that it's above, it's support. And you don't want to see short-term candle closing below that stuff. Remaining above 32040 gives the bulls a ticket up to and beyond the morning highs. That happened. So let's scroll up. And then you can stop and start as you choose, read the rest. There's not much else than the market was going higher, and that's pretty much what happened. Remember, they're headed for a destination. Stocks on the move. One of them hit their price objective today, and when the market's gapping higher and it's floating around Monday morning, not a lot of stuff was moving in the pre-market. So there were three opportunities on the board. One hit its number. It was Zoom again, and I went back and checked. We've had, including this one, nine trades in Zoom since April. How many winners in Zoom? Nine. One time, it was twice in the same day. 
at least once. So take notice of the entry, 200.23. It's close to the fat round number, but that's the number that I came up with. I put the number that comes out on the board. We had a secondary entry and a stop. Zoom's a little volatile, so you expect it to have, since it does have a high beta, you expect it to have some intraday swings. If you're going to trade something like Zoom, you have to be able to tolerate some swings. Here's Zoom. Everything to the right of the vertical line is today's activity. Now we don't need the line anymore. And we see that the closing price was 207.50 from Friday. So it wasn't getting a big haircut. It was just in motion. It was a stock on the move where I was able to identify an area where under normal garden variety market conditions should be a short-term destination, therefore should have an opportunity to do what? turn around and go back in the other direction so here we go remember the number 200.23 the low of day was 198.66 and you can see what happened went on a nice slow motion rocket ride up most of the day one more thing on the spy daily chart i want to make mention of something coming up so let's say they get up to 324 325 maybe even 326 something up in that neighborhood so here's the deal The fact that, at least if you're a believer, right, if you believe in the case where they're not going to just run away from this breakdown candle high, but intraday, they can spike it by some, but they generally wouldn't close the day above it. So how can you handle that? What could you do with that information? Well, I'll give you a, a simple idea. If they get above the high, and remember, the high is 324.61, If they get above the high, let's say they get above by a dollar. If they get above the high, you could say, all right, I'm going to bet you're not going to close above the high today, meaning tomorrow, meaning Tuesday. And guess what? If they do, then you pitch the trade, you cut and run, and you reevaluate. You might be wrong. You might have a big gap down the next day. But if you just want to treat it like a business and say, this is the trade, they're either going to do it or they're not. And if they don't, I'm out. That's the way to treat it as a business, and if they do that, you can take that trade because you know what? You have a tight leash on it. If they do close above the high, you reevaluate, you tip your hat, you come back the next day. I'm in the camp that they just won't do it. Now, maybe they do it one time. We've seen this before, and then they have a -a rope-a-dope, and they close back below. So what I would say on the outside is you really got to give them two days. I just don't even think they'll do it the one day. And just for argument's sake, let's all use the same number. Let's use this high, three and a quarter, 85. 325.85. That's the price I'm saying that on the first run, if it's within the next day or two, for example, that they won't close above. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. And by the way, just in case you're wondering, my preference is Boston cream. What does that mean? Boston cream pie in case... I'm going to be issued a pie in the face. But above that number, I will be stepping in front of the market. I know my risk. We're in the risk business. That's where I'd be willing to put on some risk to the short side. In concert with the S&P over in Camp IWM, we're in a runaway type situation. What's on tap? Where's the nearest overhead resistance? You have a pivot high here at 154.20. That's logical. You have another pivot high at about 155. That's more logical. Since we're in an all-the-same-market scenario, if they're all going to go up, they're all going to go up. If they turn around, they're all going to turn around. So my point is, if we're going to see any kind of a turn this week, that's even for a correction, could be a minor correction, 
two, three, four percentage points is considered a pullback. If we're going to see anything in the near term, the best setup, the best scenario is at the numbers we just discussed sooner than later. If that goes into like two weeks from now, if we just go sideways for two weeks, no dice. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about hitting those numbers like tomorrow or like Wednesday. Anything beyond that, again, we got to reevaluate. Remember, this is a real-time business. What's going on down at the transportation department? Remember that tail candle that looked like a reversal, like like the makings of a reversal from Friday? Not so much just yet. And we talked about that. It's just, it was up a lot, and it was just a pullback, but it was up so much that I don't know that we could have read into that being comfortably above the 200-period moving average. But look where we are. We're at 10,000, give or take. That's a big, fat round number they could fight that number for a while they could close above it for a couple of days but they can also give up 10,000 after spiking it up to 10-2 and still give it up and then you would look back in a few weeks and say hey look they went up to 10,000 got through it by a little bit but just couldn't do it and they gave it up so you have to put everything in perspective from a short-term perspective they're above all the moving averages This market, like others, is in an uptrend. Not looking for a collapse. Don't get me wrong. Looking for overhead resistance in the S&P, then being presumptuous and saying, well, it's all the same market, so everything's likely to follow suit. Not all to the same magnitude, but for the most part, that's what happens. Got a bucket full of emails today on the VIX, so might as well bring it up. What do we see? We see the VIX, what a collapse it had. We see the VIX into its 200-period moving average on Friday and basically bounced off of it today. Nothing more, nothing less. However, is it a tell of something more to come? Is the 200 going to be support? Well, it may be on a temporary basis if for nothing else. For example, if in fact we end up getting overhead resistance a couple of dollars higher in the SPY, then we're likely to see as the market, if the market pulls back, we're likely to see the VIX ride higher. Is this telling us that's what's coming? Is the VIX up 5% telling us that we're closer to a turning point in the S&P than we're not? You can interpret it that way for sure, but for now, after this kind of a decline and into the 200-period moving average, doesn't mean the VIX is going to take off, but if we're going to have a pullback in the S&P, we're certainly going to have higher prices in the VIX. Can the VIX get back to 28 even $30? Sure. Anything more than that, and we'd be in the midst of some of the stuff we talked about, a la not being able to get through the breakdown candle high in the S&P. So we'll see what happens, but it's a good spot. You should be looking at stuff. You are looking at stuff. Nice job. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? What's going on over here? Again, it's just grinding higher in an uptrend, nothing more, nothing less. Nothing we can do until and unless you see a sign or signal of a trend change. We don't have anything. You want to guess where the high is going to be, the ultimate high? That's up to you. I choose not to do that. It's almost like a fool's game because I'll be right one or two out of ten times. Why subject myself to that pain? XLF, how do we read this? Well, we had a pretty interesting day on Friday. It was up a lot, but finished poorly, having what looked like a reversal candle, but essentially it was just an up day with a red candle. Well, check this out. 
So today it's up 2% and we're now hovering two days in a row underneath the 200 period moving average. So is the 200 period moving average going to be overhead resistance? Are they going to eat some time off the clock, go back and forth for a while, and that would essentially be a bull flag in the making, a bull flaggish pattern, come below hourly and then daily below, closing below Friday's low, that's a different story. Stay above Friday's low, and that's precisely what's going on. So that's an awareness. We have to watch the XLF because if we see the XLF begin to push above the 200 period moving average and it's showing bullishness, it's a sign that the market's going to follow suit. It's not an absolute. There's not a cause and effect. But if we're going to use it as a leading indicator, and it is not my favorite, not my second favorite, but it is a leading indicator by virtue of the fact that it's a big portion from a sector perspective of the S&P, right? Of course it is. The banking sector, financials. We always have to pay attention. What's going on with Smash Mouth? What do we got here on the daily chart? Was the market, meaning the SMH, actually down there? What is the SMH? It's the proxy that tracks the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. Why do we look at it? Because it's a good leading indication of the tech space. Check this out. That's one of those phony baloney, rope-a-dope shenanigan candles. The low is 149.46. The low of day today is 150.50. So what's that saying? It's saying that this hourly chart bearish flaggish kind of pattern is going to play out and fill the gap down here and come back to test what a former breakout area how you doing also creating a symmetrical move in the smh how you doing again if you're not familiar with what exactly that is then you can find that among a lot of other things that are taught in the course at lazy e-mini trader Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? That is true and accurate information. This is basically everything I wanted to and intended to discuss today. So we're going to give it a wrap here, pull the ripcord. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.